0: The ACB Forum, Volume 58, February 2020, Number 8 Published by the American Council of the Blind Read by Thomasine Berg in the recording studio of the Perkins Library Be a part of ACB The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota 55430. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 605 475 8154, and choose option 3. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org, or by calling six zero five four seven five eight one three zero. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at sign a c b n a t i o n a l, or like us on Facebook at www dot facebook slash American O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L Copyright 2020 American Council of the Blind Eric Bridges, Executive Director Sharon Lovering, Editor 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311 Table of Contents In Memoriam, Catherine Skyvers May 2, 1925, through December 12, 2019. President's Message, Time to Come to D.C. and Make a Difference, by Dan Spoon. Looking Back at 2019, with 2020 Vision, by Eric Bridges. ACB Winds of Change for Conference Registration, by Janet Dickelman. ACB Angel Memorial Tribute Program. Elevate to a New Dimension. Apply to become a 2020 ACB J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow by Kenneth Semien Sr. What type of leader are you by Linda Boley Trench Tales, Leader of the Pack by Devorah Greenspan. Living Your Leadership Every Day by Susan Lichtenfels. The Only Moment You Really Have Is Now by Ilana Brager. How to Involve Students and Younger Members in Your Chapter Slash Affiliate, compiled by Artis Bazin. Affiliate News. Passings. Here and There, edited by Cynthia Hawkins. High Tech Swap Shop. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666 or via email slovering at acb.org. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce List Serve. Send a blank email to ANNOUNCE-SUBSRIBE at acblists.org or visit www.acblists.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash l-i-s-t-i-n-f-o slash a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e and type your email address and name where indicated. Blind Show hosts offer a plethora of musical genres at www.acbradio.org slash I-N-T-E-R A-C-T-I-V-E ACB Radio brings old-time radio drama to you 24-7 at www.acbradio.org slash T-R-O-V-E In Memoriam, Catherine Skivers, May 2, 1925, through December 12, 2019. Reprinted from The East Bay Times, December 22, 2019. Catherine Skivers, blind community leader, mother, grandmother, friend, and mentor, died on December 12, 2019, at the age of 94. Born in St. Louis, Missouri, on May 2, 1925, Catherine, known to friends as Kathy and her family as mom or grandma, moved to the San Francisco Bay Area in 1949. She made her home in Hayward for over 60 years. For 70 years, Kathy advocated at the local, state, and national levels for better lives and equal opportunities for people with vision loss. She began as a leader in the American Council of the Blind at a time when few women, blind or sighted, worked in leadership roles, serving as president of the California Council of the Blind and her local chapter. Her sons, Eric and Darrell became extensions of Kathy, providing transportation for other members to meetings and club functions. She became a mentor for many women and men throughout the nation who were blind or had low vision. She was extremely proud of her efforts to provide assistance to the blind and visually impaired. She played a pivotal role in advocacy efforts, including one leading to some of the nation's first talking ATMs that gave blind people independent access to their own money. To Kathy, Americans who are blind or had low vision were part of her extended family. She received numerous awards for her work, but was always thinking about the next mountain to climb on behalf of people who were blind or had low vision. In 2018, the San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired honored her with the Newell Perry Award for Enduring and Effective Leadership in the Blind Community. Kathy was among the first blind IRS tax service specialists in the United States. She retired after seventeen years working at the Oakland office of the IRS. Catherine Skyvers was predeceased by her parents, Lucille Glenn and Sylvester Winchell, husband Jack Skyvers, and son Grant Skyvers. She is survived by her children Gary Swartz, Donald Swartz, Diane, Daryl Skyvers, and Eric Skyvers, Connie, six grandchildren and several great grandchildren. In addition to her family and members of the blind community across the country, Kathy loved reading and music. She learned to read and write Braille as a young child and always had a large stack of Braille by her side. She was always a strong advocate for Braille literacy. For several years after she first moved to California, Kathy was a professional pianist and played for friends and family throughout her life. Services will be private, with a celebration of life to be held at a later date. In lieu of flowers, donations in memory of Catherine Skyvers may be made to the Bayview Chapter of the California Council of the Blind. Care of Mrs. Lori Kastner 750 Oakland Avenue, Unit 101, Oakland, California, 94611 Caption Kathy Skyvers and Carl Augusto pause for a quick photo at the 2001 convention in Des Moines after Kathy presented a $10,000 check from the American Foundation for the Blind to ACB. AFB had presented the check to the California Council of the Blind for its work in getting talking ATM machines installed in California banks. President's Message Time to Come to D.C. and Make a Difference by Dan Spoon We are in the throes of the winter season. Are you tired of the cold weather and the short amount of daylight before another winter night? It is time to look towards spring and the thoughts of warmer days with new growth and renewed optimism for an exciting 2020. There is no better way to get your ACB juices flowing for the beginning of spring than an exhilarating trip to our nation's capital for the ACB-DC Leadership Conference. This is our favorite ACB event of the year. It is a wonderful opportunity to visit the D.C. area before all the annual tourists descend on the National Mall and the Smithsonian Institute and the halls of Congress. The Leadership Conference runs from Saturday, February 22, through Tuesday, February 25, with the Board of Directors meeting on Saturday, the President's meeting on Sunday, the Legislative Seminar on Monday, and visits to Capitol Hill on Tuesday. There are lots of free evenings to share a nice dinner with old and new friends. The sessions are filled with interesting speakers and presentations from our ACB leaders, and there are lots of chances to network with colleagues from across the country. The highlight of the conference is the Tuesday visit to Capitol Hill. There is just something special about walking into your representative's office and announcing that you are a member of the American Council of the Blind and you have an appointment to meet with their legislative aide on important imperatives that will benefit our blind and visually impaired community. Several years ago, Leslie and I had an appointment with Representative Alan Grayson's office. We were having a very cordial visit with his legislative aide in an office conference room when Representative Grayson walked in to grab a cup of coffee. We introduced ourselves and shared our concerns about durable low-vision aids and our bill to create a demonstration project for these devices to be made available through Medicare and Medicaid. He turned to his aide and asked, Are we a co-sponsor on this bill? The aide responded, No. Representative Grayson said, Sign us up right now. Leslie and I thanked Representative Grayson for his support and we gave each other high fives and big hugs after we were back in the hallway. It was so rewarding. We decided to go to the snack bar in the Cannon Building and grab a quick bite to eat before our next appointment. We shared our story with a nice woman at the snack bar who helped us purchase some lunch. At the end of our conversation, she let us know that she was the chief legislative aide for Representative Miller from Michigan, and she would see if she would co-sponsor the bill. The next week, Tony Stevens sent out an email with a list of all the new co-sponsors on the bill. Both Grayson and Miller were on the list. Yes, we can do it! Please consider attending the D.C. Leadership Conference. We need everyone's voice to encourage Congress to do what is right for the blind and visually impaired community. Together, we can make a difference. Looking Back at 2019 with 2020 Vision by Eric Bridges Happy New Year! I trust you all had a safe, happy, and healthy holiday season. Let's take a look back at all the amazing things that happened in 2019. At the start of 2019, ACB was looking to hire a new director of advocacy and governmental affairs. And we found one, Clark Rockfall. He was then serving as the program manager, public policy at National Industries for the Blind. In that role, he was responsible for researching and promoting legislative and regulatory policies that support NIB's mission. He cultivated relationships and collaborated with policymakers, national blindness organizations, and the cross-disability community on public policy priorities. He managed the NIB Advocates for Leadership and Employment program, directly mentoring and training more than 50 grassroots employee advocates. Clark jumped right in and helped Claire Stanley with the 2019 legislative seminar. Also in January, ACB's Audio Description Project celebrated its 10th anniversary. To read a summary of the ADP's work through 2018, visit acb.org slash adp numerals one zero th a-n-n-i-v-e-r-s-a-r-y Toward the end of January, we received the news that the President had signed the Marrakesh Treaty and would be sending it to the World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO. On February 8, we received notice from WIPO that the USA was the 50th member of the Marrakesh Treaty. In late February, it was time for the annual leadership meetings. No, they aren't called midyear anymore. Legislative imperatives included autonomous vehicles, accessible durable medical equipment, and the low vision aid exclusion. Over a hundred members attended and enjoyed a day on Capitol Hill, talking with members of Congress about the issues. Shortly afterward, ACB posted a job announcement for a membership services coordinator, a position that has been unfilled since August of 2006. After screening the applications, interviewing the candidates, and taking care of the paperwork, we hired Cindy Van Winkle, formerly of Seattle, Washington, in June. She is based in the Minneapolis office. To learn more about her, check out the following podcast. T-I-N-Y-U-R-L dot com slash Y-Z-J-N-D numeral six V-V. In July, ACB held its annual conference and convention in Rochester, New York. One item on the agenda was the election of new officers, board members, and members of the Board of Publications. They are President Dan Spoon, Orlando, Florida. First Vice President Mark Reichert, Arlington, Virginia. Second Vice President Ray Campbell, Glen Ellen, Illinois. Secretary Denise Colley, Lacey, Washington. Treasurer David Trot, Talladega, Alabama. Newly-elected Board Member Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia. Newly-appointed Chair of the Board of Publications, Deb Lewis, Clarkston, Washington. Newly-elected Board of Publications Member Zelda Gebhardt, Edgley, North Dakota. During convention, I met with newly-elected ACB President Dan Spoon on Facebook Live, no stranger to the ACB membership, we are excited to introduce Dan and learn how he pictures the future of ACB. To view the video, go to com slash YFT numeral 6 PHA numeral 7. At the convention, ACB's Board of Directors met and adopted a vision statement and a set of core values. They are as follows. Vision Statement To create a society without barriers for the blind and visually impaired community through advocacy, public awareness, collaboration, and support. Core Values Integrity and Honesty Our word is our bond, serving as a foundational element, demonstrating our strong democratic principles and values. Respect. We treat others as we expect to be treated. We welcome each individual's unique talents and honor diverse work and lifestyles. Collaboration. We believe success comes from working together to create solutions that advance the organization's mission through partnerships and teamwork. Flexibility. We adapt to ever-changing circumstances and situations. We are receptive to multiple points of view and ideas. Initiative. We can and do make a difference in all of our efforts. We embrace continuous learning, hard work, personal responsibility, accountability, and motivation. Another highlight of the convention was that ACB signed a cooperative agreement with OrCam Technologies, the world's most advanced wearable AI-driven artificial vision innovator for people who are blind or have low vision. This agreement will raise awareness of ORCAM's assistive technology among ACB members in the United States to support uses in education, employment, and quality of life for blind and low-vision Americans. ORCAM devices will be available for sale to ACB members with a special ACB discount. On August 8, the U.S. Department of Transportation, DOT, Enforcement Office issued a final statement of enforcement priorities for service animals. In this statement, DOT provides greater clarity to air travel passengers with service animals, as well as airlines, about the DOT's interpretation and enforcement of the existing service animal rules. ACB is pleased that DOT has constructed a final enforcement statement that will protect the rights of passengers with service animals for the entirety of their flying experience. The DOT's final enforcement statement contains provisions that Prohibit airlines from requiring advance notice that a passenger is traveling with a service animal for flights less than eight hours. This guarantees passengers with service animals greater flexibility in air travel. Consistent with the Air Carrier Access Act, credible verbal assurance is proof that a person with a disability is traveling with a service animal. Prohibit airline categorical restrictions on service animals based exclusively on breed and age limit airline requests for documentation regarding service animal vaccinations, training, and behavior to reasonable requests to determine whether a specific animal poses a direct threat to the health and safety of others. ACB and its members nationwide will remain engaged on this important issue to ensure that all passengers traveling with service animals receive the full protections of the Air Carrier Access Act. ACB and Guide Dog Users, Inc. remain willing to assist all airlines to review and amend their current service animal policies. Early in the fall, blind Chicagoans filed suit against the city and its Department of Transportation in order to challenge the systemic lack of accessible pedestrian signals at intersections all over the city. The lawsuit, which has been filed on behalf of the American Council of the Blind of Metropolitan Chicago, ACBMC, and three individual plaintiffs with vision-related disabilities, alleges that Chicago disregards blind pedestrians' safety needs in its pedestrian planning, thereby violating federal and state civil rights laws. As of late September, Chicago had equipped only 11 intersections with pedestrian traffic signals that make street crossing information accessible to blind people, even though fully 2,672 of its intersections are signalized. This number, less than half of 1%, may be the worst of any major metropolitan area in the United States. Shortly afterward, Representatives Carolyn Maloney, Democrat, New York, and Gus Bilirakis, Republican, Florida, introduced the Medicare Demonstration of Coverage for Low Vision Devices Act, H.R. 4129. This bill was one of ACB's legislative imperatives for 2019. Once it becomes law, H.R. 4129 would direct the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services to construct a five-year pilot program for the coverage of low-vision devices. On October 7, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear an appeal on Domino's v. Robles. ACB and its members applaud this decision and commend the Supreme Court for their action. The unanimous ruling by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit made it resoundingly clear that the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, applies to websites, and by declining to hear Domino's appeal, the Supreme Court upholds the civil rights of people who are blind and visually impaired in online commercial settings. A few weeks later, Representatives Matt Cartwright, Pennsylvania, and David B. McKinley, West Virginia, reintroduced the Cogswell-Macy Act, which would improve educational services for students who are blind, visually impaired, deaf, hard of hearing, or deaf-blind. Senators Ed Markey, Massachusetts, and Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia, introduced companion legislation in the Senate. And now for something we've all been waiting for. On November one, Apple launched its streaming service Apple T V Plus. Learn more about it at T I N Y U R L dot com slash Y F E E J B J H. Speaking of Waiting, just before Christmas, in the midst of the holiday hustle and bustle, my wife Rebecca gave birth to our second son. His name is Noah Eric. He weighed in at 8 pounds and was 20 inches long. He has blonde hair and blue eyes. Big Brother Tyler was so excited to welcome Noah home. ACB Winds of Change for Conference Registration by Janet Dickelman In 2020, there is exciting news for those of you registering for the American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention in Schaumburg, Illinois. Registration costs are increasing from $15 to $25 for pre-registration and from $25 to $35 for on-site registration. You may wonder why this is exciting news. As always, the price of registration will include all general sessions, the exhibit hall, some affiliate programming, and the many sessions offered by our sponsors and business partners. But wait, there's more! all committee sessions that do not involve food functions will not have a cost for their event. That means the Outstanding Transportation Seminar, Legislative Boot Camp, Information Access Programming, and so much more will all be included in the cost of registration. Convention dates are July 3rd through 10th. The opening general session will be Saturday evening, July 4th, with daily sessions through Thursday culminating in our banquet. The exhibit hall will be open Saturday through Wednesday. Special interest affiliates, ACB committees, and our business partners will hold sessions beginning Saturday, July 4th through Wednesday, July 8th. Don't miss our tours Friday through Friday. Staying in Touch Again this year, the Conference and Convention Announce List will be filled with information. To subscribe to the list, send a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. If you received updates for the 2019 convention, you do not need to subscribe to the list. Hotel Details Room rates at the Renaissance are $94 per night, for up to four people in a room, plus tax, which is currently 15%. For telephone reservations, call 1-800-468-3571. This is a Central Reservations number, so please indicate that you are with the American Council of the Blind 2020 Conference and Convention at the Renaissance Hotel in Schaumburg, Illinois. Rooms must be reserved by June 10, 2020, to guarantee the convention rate. Convention Contacts 2020 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman, 601 Three three one seven seven four zero, AMDUO at bellsouth dot net. Twenty twenty advertising and sponsorships. Margarine Beeman five one two nine two one one six two five, OLEO five zero at hotmail dot com. For any other convention-related questions, please contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, at 651-428-5059 or via email janet.dickelman at gmail.com. ACB Angel Memorial Tribute Program Established in 2014, the ACB Angel Memorial Tribute Program is an exciting opportunity for ACB members and friends to honor their loved ones and guide dogs who have passed on and who played an important role in the American Council of the Blind, its affiliates, and or its members. Each tribute includes a permanent, individualized page on the ACB website. The name of your ACB angel will become the title of your new tribute webpage to help people find it easily through major search engines such as Google. The page will feature a photo and a personalized biography of your loved one. These compelling testimonials will ensure that your ACB angel's memory will live on within our ACB family long into the future. In addition, a wall of angels is displayed at ACB conferences and conventions. This display consists of a plaque with large print and braille representing each memorialized person or guide dog. Moreover, each ACB angel's biography is produced in braille and large print and reside in notebooks on the table where the ACB angel wall is displayed. Donations begin at $500. If you have any questions or require further assistance, please contact Tom Tobin, ACB's Director of Development, at 202-559-2045 or via email at ttobin at acb.org participate by choosing the Make an ACB Angel Memorial Tribute Gift link or contact our Minnesota office at 1-800-866-3242 for assistance. To date, ACB Angels have been established by individuals and affiliates, and in many cases a combination of both. What a wonderful way to preserve and cherish the memories of those you love and share them with the world! To ensure the plaques for the Angel Wall are completed in time for the 2020 National Conference and Convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, the cutoff date for new ACB Angels is April 30, 2020. Elevate to a New Dimension Apply to Become a 2020 acb Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow by Kenneth Semyon, Sr. Have you noticed how ACB has been progressing? Have you considered contributing by sharing your skills and abilities to make ACB all that it can be? Are you interested in playing a role in creating positive change for Americans who are blind, visually impaired, or low vision? If you answered yes to any of the above questions, you are encouraged to read below to confirm your eligibility and necessary commitment to become a member of the 2020 class of acb Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows. For the fifth consecutive year, JP Morgan Chase will provide full access to the ACB Conference and Convention for five ACB members who have demonstrated leadership abilities. Now is the time to take advantage of the opportunity to join the leadership inner circle or renew your commitment to assist in the growth and continuance of ACB. Get connected with previous classes of leadership fellows who have involved themselves in this enlightening experience while meeting other members and active leaders from around the country. By attending the 59th Annual ACB Convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, as a Leadership Fellow, you will be introduced to tools for success through participation in informative workshops, seminars, and leadership development sessions that are sure to prepare you to serve well in future leadership roles within ACB, your local chapter, and your state or special interest affiliate. To be a qualified applicant, you are required to meet specific criteria, including but not limited to the following three elements. 18 years of age or older, blind or visually impaired, an ACB member in good standing, current on membership dues. Eligible applicants must be endorsed by the president of their state or special interest affiliate. Applicants are encouraged to be sure that they meet the award criteria before requesting that their affiliate president write and submit a letter of recommendation on their behalf. The application process for this award also consists of the submission of two letters and participating in a telephone interview with a team of DKM committee members. The letter of application should begin with your complete name, physical address, email address containing the applicant's name, along with a home and cell number. Then introduce yourself to the committee by including objectives in applying for the leadership award, a brief summary of your education and relevant experience, number of years of membership in ACB, as well as previous conventions attended, if any, description of one's role as a leader, and examples of what you bring to ACB. The Affiliate President's Letter of Recommendation should address the applicant's contributions to the affiliate, ACB, and community organizations, and describe the applicant's demonstrated leadership skills and leadership potential. 30-minute telephone interviews will be scheduled for mid-April. All recipients receive Round Trip Transportation hotel accommodation, double occupancy, per diem stipend for meals and incidentals, convention registration fee, and reception and banquet tickets. Recipients are expected to attend the convention from the opening meeting Saturday evening, July 4th, through the Thursday evening banquet, July 9th, and to participate actively in all designated convention activities, including the daily general sessions, special interest presentations, seminars, and workshops. Send application documents to Kelly Gask in the ACB National Office kgasque at acb.org. The deadline for receipt is April 3rd. Selected awardees will be notified during the latter part of April. If you have questions regarding the application process and required documentation, contact DKM Chair Kenneth Semien Sr. via email semien.k at att.net other beneficial information will be shared once your application has been received apply today don't be late what type of leader are you by linda bole editor's note this article was written by clinical psychologist and life coach dr linda Boley. For more information about Dr. Boley and her coaching practice, visit www.capablecoach.com. End of note. When you hear the word leader, who comes to mind? Joan of Arc? George Washington? Harriet Tubman? The Dalai Lama? What about you? When you think about the qualities that effective leaders possess, you'll likely consider some of the following attributes. Honesty, integrity, and accountability. The ability to inspire and empower others. Commitment. Passion. Effective communication and decision-making skills. Confidence, creativity, and empathy. Which of these qualities are inherently yours? For those of you who think that you don't have what it takes to be a leader, I invite you to contemplate the notion that leaders come in all shapes and sizes. There are leaders like the drum major, who is typically positioned at the head of a marching band. There are leaders who lead from behind, a concept popularized by Nelson Mandela. And there are leaders who lead by example. Let me assure you that if you are living a purposeful life that aligns with what you most value, regardless of the challenges that life has handed you, including but not limited to vision loss, you are leading by example. Admittedly, there are times when life throws a punch that knocks us to the mat, and when, not if, but when, that happens, sometimes we need to catch our breath and get our bearings. This can be a great opportunity to take a step back, gain some perspective, and regroup before getting back up again. While it's helpful to acknowledge the importance of what happens to us in life, what truly matters is what we do with what happens to us in life. Will we see ourselves as victims or victors? Will we view a challenge as something that happens to us or for us, providing us with an opportunity to learn and grow? The choice is ours to make. There's another type of leader that bears mentioning, and that's the leader that resides within each and every one of us—our inner leader. Think of your inner leader as a visionary who is always in command, leading you toward the fullest expression of your potential. Key attributes of your inner leader include wisdom, self-compassion, certainty and clarity, and courage. Admittedly, tapping into our inner leader can be difficult at times There's a simple and reliable way to access our inner leader at will. This involves standing or sitting tall. Planting your feet firmly on the floor, approximately shoulder-width apart. Holding your shoulders down and back. Placing your hands on your hips and facing forward. Sometimes referred to as the Superman or, if you prefer, Wonder Woman pose, studies have shown that maintaining this posture, even for a brief period of time, will do wonders for your self-confidence and overall sense of well-being. I invite you to try this, and try it often. It will do you a world of good. To quote Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple Computer, management is about persuading people to do things they do not want to do, while leadership is about inspiring people to do things they never thought they could. Bearing this in mind, I think it's safe to say that, whether you're leading from the front, leading from behind, or simply leading by example, you are, no doubt, inspiring people to do things they never thought they could. Trench Tales, Leader of the Pack by Devorah Greenspan In 1964 the Shangri-Las sang, "That's when I fell for the leader of the pack." The sound of a revving motorcycle engine followed. Chart-topper "Leader of the Pack" featured a teenage leader followed by a blue-collar social group that fancied motorcycles. The girlfriend, Betty, is from a white-collar family. Why is Jimmy the leader? Perhaps leadership here dares to cross socioeconomic lines. Jimmy pays the ultimate price for his risk after Betty's parents tell her not to be lowered. Leaders are praised for their ability to motivate people and get things done. The leaders are the folks in charge. Is being in charge a decision-making process or is there a sole decision-maker? Good leadership is part of a structure that recognizes that both are necessary, that the former is not just a rubber stamp, and that latter not a habit. Once in a while, someone through merit becomes a leader. However, the vetting process occupies many positions along the way. This vetting begins with family standing, basic education, or human services. Social groups always follow someone. How is the group held together? Does the person being followed maintain their status by vilifying someone they don't want in the group? History offers many cult of personality examples from groups such as monarchies, dictators, entertainers, and even criminals. More prevalent today is an I've arrived syndrome, a sense of I don't have to for those lower. As in any field, leaders can easily take on the role of mentor, gatekeeper, or both. As Nell Painter wrote, You can be the greatest artist in the world, but if the eyes that matter aren't on your work, and if the people who count don't speak up for you, you hardly exist beyond your own local circle. Quoted from Old in Art School, A Memoir of Starting Over, D.B. 93816, Chapter 11. The author-artist had a network of her own, friends, former professional colleagues to offset the snubs she received during her formal art training. Leaders, though, are in every informal and incorporated organization. For example, consider daily operations in the information network. Who receives what types of email content? It is increasingly common in society, for many incorporated organizations and institutions, especially larger ones, to set up their system to send external incoming email automatically to the junk folder, or what seems to be an inbox auto-dump. The nicer ones include a thank-you auto-reply. How are the phones staffed? An example of distancing is the installation of a The person at extension 0201 is not available. This is the go-away box. There is no name or department attached to the voicemail greeting. Do callers get data mined? Most of us have heard the automated Is someone in your home 50 years or older? I hang up on their marketing before I am eventually told no one is available or met with scripted responses. In our uneven get-what-you-can culture, where everyone cheats, those of us on the bottom can still culturally cite corporate CEOs and all the politicians who court our vote and money, then, once in office, ignore us commoners. As disabled people, we discuss accessibility in the larger world. Then, among ourselves, are our leaders accessible? In January 2019, I tried to call attention to the problem with CAPTCHA as I flunked yet another eye test. No reply. How many emails on a subject create a critical mass? How do leaders respond to questions and ideas that seem to rub against the routine? These are the operational questions and suggestions often regarded as a threat or dissident rather than systems analysis. How does input impact the goal desired? What credentials are required for a voice to be heard? Avoiding scripted answers can build teaching skills for the person addressing the question. Many in positions of leadership fall into a pit where they become absorbed by their title and retaining a sense of power. Arnold Eric Severide, news journalist and author, 1912 through 1992, wrote, The difference between the men and the boys in politics is, and always has been, that the boys want to be something while the men want to do something. There are too many boys and girls out there. Translate that into any organizational leader. Is she able to utilize her office for the general good, or is she a title waiver? The first word coming to mind is responsibility, knowing the organizational history, structure, present situation, and goals. A good leader knows procedural parameters are guidelines that cover the vast majority of situations, but recognizes not 100% of the time. Some virtues of leadership are honesty and fairness. When do circumstances warrant stepping outside the rules and regulations? If so, what provisions are made? Who can admit they don't know something they are expected to know or made a mistake? How does a leader judge others who make varying degrees of mistakes? What is deemed inappropriate? Is there an evenly applied standard? How does a leader instill in staff and volunteers a greater sense of purpose beyond mere functionality? At this point in time, altruism is frowned upon. Intangible wealth is not like material possessions intangible wealth cannot be quantified how are followers rewarded what is the dividend on their investment perpetually a private in the proverbial trenches i have experienced bullet-like friction sounding like a large bug whizzing past my ear or a routine day interrupted by an impact taking off a piece of my shoe hopping then running surprisingly fast wounded in many ways visually impaired I watch my own back. Living Your Leadership Every Day by Susan Lichtenfels Real leaders are not defined by the size of their checkbook, the amount of power they possess, their sex appeal, or their name recognition. Rather, true, genuine leaders are rich in character, transparent in their actions, and forthright in their attitude. Being a leader is not about winning an election, signing a lucrative contract, or developing a huge fan base. Rather, it is about being the best person you can be and helping others to strive toward their best. Everyday leadership is most impactful at the grassroots level, person-to-person, worker-to-worker, friend-to-friend. When we live our leadership every day, we can change the world. In crime shows and novels, they talk about whether the suspect had the means and opportunity to do the crime. The means they are referring to are the skills, the knowledge, the personality, and the prior behaviors. The opportunity, of course, is whether they could have been in the right place at the right time to do the deed. Ironically, being an everyday leader also requires making the most of your means and opportunity. In the leadership arena, the means are all about our actions and attitudes. Our character. Character refers to our inward values which ultimately drive our behaviors. It's the framework for our personalities and who we are. It's the collection of guiding principles by which we live our lives. Of character, John Wooden said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are. While your reputation is merely what others think you are. Examples of positive character traits that we as leaders should strive for include adaptability, attentiveness, availability, commitment, compassion, consideration, confidence, dependability, diligence, discretion, determination, fairness, honesty, humility integrity, loyalty, patience, respect, reliability, sincerity, and truthfulness. Character is the sum of our guiding values. In other words, it is the code by which we live our lives. How we act and the attitude we present are shaped by our core values. For example, if diligence is part of your character, you will work hard and enjoy accomplishing goals. If you have a strong sense of commitment, you will follow through when you agree to take on a task, and you will honor your decisions. If you have integrity, you abide by the rules and don't work the system. People who are optimistic have a positive attitude and find the good in situations. Unless you are a clone of Mother Teresa, odds are you have a little work to do in building up your character— While you have leadership tendencies, occasionally your character falters in difficult or confusing situations. For example, you might lose your temper and thrash out with criticisms or ultimatums. You may become personally affected and make unfair decisions or assumptions about others. You may get caught up in praise and greed. You might think and act as if the world revolves around you. If you are vigilant about being a leader, at some point you will recognize these flaws for what they are, and you will want to fix them. The good news is that we can improve our strength of character through ongoing self-reflection and practical repetition. Leadership writer Harry Kramer has stated, Self-reflection is the key to identifying what you stand for, what your values are, and what matters most. Author Cheryl Sandberg wrote, The ability to learn is the most important quality a leader can have. Successful leaders embrace personal development and strive every day to be a better person. And so, if you don't currently possess all the means to be the best leader, know that with a commitment to continually work on building your character, you can develop your leadership foundation. Many leadership experts agree with Vince Lombardi, who said, Leaders are made, they are not born. They are made by hard effort, which is the price which all of us must pay to achieve any goal that is worthwhile. Being a leader is not a passive endeavor. Each day we must make an intentional effort to live as a leader. As we grow in our leadership means, people begin to see us differently. We gain their respect and they value their interactions with us. Through our transparent actions and forthright attitude, they recognize us as a leader. This is how we begin to have influence in other people's lives. And every day we encounter opportunities to live our leadership and make an impact in others' lives. According to Steve Maraboli, when you are just existing, life happens to you, and you manage. When you are truly living, you happen to life, and you lead. In other words, the number of opportunities we have to lead depends on how involved and engaged we are in the world. Take a moment to consider the thousands and thousands of people you encounter every day, every week, every year. Think about the roles you play as a family member, friend, advocate, mentor, worker, volunteer, consumer, and organization member. In each of those roles and in all your interactions, your everyday leadership will have others wanting to emulate you, to pay attention to you, to follow your lead. Essentially, Every encounter with another human provides an opportunity to be a leader. Everyday leaders lead by example with every person they meet. They live their leadership day in and day out through a friendly smile, a kind word, a job well done, a problem solved, an attentive dialogue, and millions of other ways. John Quincy Adams said, If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. There is no qualifier as to how big your impact must be in order to count. Every influential encounter plants a seed. In the immortal words of John Wooden, It's the little details that are vital. Little things make big things happen. Whether you are blind or sighted, you have tremendous potential and many opportunities to be a leader. As you move throughout your days, be conscious of the decisions you make, the motives you assign, the actions you take, and the words you use. Strive every day to be a leader by implementing the Blind Leadership Strategy, Bold, Loyal, Intentional, Non-Toxic, Determined. B is for Bold. Leaders need to step out of their comfort zone, to try new things, and to have the confidence to break out of the status quo. L is for loyal. A leader should always be loyal to his beliefs and moral compass. A leader is loyal to his commitments, responsibilities, and what is fair, right, and true. A leader loyally keeps the confidences of others. I is for intentional, Leaders should live their lives with intention by speaking up for themselves and others, setting goals and pursuing them, thinking independently without succumbing to peer pressure, and striving for self improvement. N is for non toxic. When leaders are non toxic, they have a friendly, positive attitude. They don't complain, whine, or blame. Non toxic leaders don't lie, make excuses, or act evasively. They provide constructive feedback, not criticism, and they welcome feedback from others. They are fair and unassuming about other actions and motives. They act with emotional maturity in all situations and avoid conflict whenever possible. D is for determined. Leaders strive toward goals and dreams. They overcome problems through perseverance. They embrace challenges and learn from them. Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. My version, be a blind leader every day and see your world change. The Only Moment You Really Have Is Now By Ilana Brager Whatever happened, happened, and it's over. Whatever happened then is gone. The now, this moment now is what you have today. The now, this moment, now, is all you have. You may imagine that you have tomorrow. You may hold on to troubles from the past. You may believe that love can conquer all. You may believe that hope will solve all problems. Believe what you wish. Cling to the faith of your fathers. Feel what you feel. Honor the ways of your mother. Be who you are, do what you do, remembering the only moment you really have is now. How to Involve Students and Younger Members in Your Chapter-Affiliate slash Compiled by Artis Bazin On this focus call, participants discussed how to involve students and younger members in chapters-affiliates. slash Their ideas and suggestions are below. When young people join your chapter or affiliate, mentor them. Ask them to assist with social media and other activities. Teach them how to take on responsibilities in your chapter. If they volunteer to create an activity, allow them to do so without negative chatter about trying it in the past. Let them feel valued instead of shooting down ideas. To find younger members, start by following Facebook sites, where younger people tend to go. Write posts of interest to young people, inviting them to meetups, game nights, or technology groups. If one is near you, plan activities with the local school for the blind. Contact the instructor of the school to offer a joint activity. Invite young people to Facebook pages which might be of interest. Some blind parents invited their visually impaired children to attend activities with them. Those blind children invited other blind students to attend activities. Because of friendships, others attended. Having activities between meetings might interest other students more. Holding family-friendly game nights and connecting with teachers for the visually impaired might boost attendance. Use agencies for the blind to share event information. Inviting young people to share activities online would make more aware of your group, especially about game nights, bowling outings, descriptive movies, etc. Ask students what hot topics are of interest to young people. Tech training, iPhone training, or audio-described movies and plays. Have socials such as bingo events. Ask for input through conference calls or email. Follow up with those interested in assisting with projects. If your affiliate has a scholarship program, engage them once they have received the award. Create ways to follow up. Ask about their journey, invite them to apply again, and make sure they are aware of local meetings, events, and fun activities. When inviting young people to apply for a scholarship, remind them affiliation is not required. Invite those who didn't get a scholarship to apply again and visit your chapter or affiliate events. Invite scholarship winners to speak at your local chapter about their schooling, goals, etc. Reach out to applicants and invite them to your convention. Follow up with past scholarship winners and invite them to speak about their jobs at a local meeting. Interview or ask a scholarship winner to write an article for your newsletter. Contact Disabled Student Services Departments in high schools and colleges to let them know about your scholarships and activities of interest to students. Place events on Student Center bulletin boards. Post on college Facebook pages, meetup sites, and Facebook groups. Invite young people to ACB Next Generation's Facebook group. Post appropriate comments. Check with volunteer opportunity sites and create a description of your group to get your name out there. Delta Gamma might have volunteers to assist with social media. If younger people do attend, find how they learned about you. Retention is important, so make sure to ask what sorts of speakers and events they'd enjoy. You could also ask them to share tech tips. You could hold a food drive for your local pantry with a drawing for those who donate. Prizes could be two tickets to an event or something similar. Some younger people have ideas but need to learn how to follow through with their proposed event. Place them under someone's wing to help them get the activity going. It can be a small group activity. Identify ways for people to assist in a project. Ask them to participate rather than waiting for someone to volunteer. This will give them confidence. You can have virtual meetings, since transportation may be an issue. Share the benefits of membership. Food is always a draw for any meeting or event. Connecting with current and new members and inviting new people is important. Everyone wants to know what is happening. Having an email list, phone call list, and a Facebook page to share what is happening in the blindness community and in your local chapter-slash-affiliate is necessary in today's busy world. Offer something for young people to do that integrates them into your chapter. Game night, outings such as bowling, movies, etc., your picnic or holiday party, training or discussion group on technology such as the iPhone. These can be in conjunction with your meeting, a separate face-to-face event or via conference call. Make newcomers feel welcomed. Be sure they're not sitting by themselves at events. Have a follow-up plan to connect with them. Find out their interests, then connect them with a committee or activity. Share information about ACB Next Gen or ACB students. Ask their thoughts on a topic or for suggestions for things to do or special speakers. At your state or special interest convention, provide a good mix of topics and activities on your program. Ask state agencies for the blind to advertise your convention. Share information in advance on social media. Have a way for people to connect with others at the convention. Follow up with first-time attendees and connect them with their local chapters or special interest affiliates. For more information, you may contact me via email: a b a z y n at b a z y n c o m m u n i c a t i o n s. Dot com, or 818-238-9321, or contact Cindy Van Winkle in the Minnesota office, 612-332-3242, or cvanwinkle at acb.org. Affiliate News Iowa Council Convention in April. The Iowa Council of the United Blind Conference and Convention will be held April 3 through 5, 2020. Our hotel is the Courtyard Marriott, 2405 Southeast Creek View Drive, Ankeny, Iowa, 50021. Room rates are $99 per night plus tax. To reserve your room, call 515 515- 422 5555 and ask for the group rate for the Iowa Council of the United Blind. This year there will be a raffle for the chance to win a Lifetime State Membership. Tickets are $5 each and will be sold at the registration table. Lifetime State Memberships are usually $100, so don't miss your chance to win. However, you will still be responsible for paying your local and national dues each year passings we honor here members friends and supporters of the American Council of the Blind who have impacted our lives in many wonderful ways if you would like to submit a notice for this column please include as much of the following information as possible name first last maiden if appropriate city of residence upon passing state/province of residence Upon passing, other cities-slash-states-slash-countries of residence, places where other blind people may have known this person, occupation, date of death, day if known, month, year, age, ACB affiliation, local-slash-state-slash-special-interest affiliates or national committees, Deaths that occurred more than six months ago cannot be reported in this column. Kathy L. Wheeler July 11, 1945, through December 27, 2019 Kathy Laureen Wheeler passed away December 27, 2019 at Centerpoint Hospital in Independence, Missouri. She was 74. She was born to Roy Sanders and Vida Wade Sanders on July 11, 1945, in Elk Fork Township, Missouri. Kathy is survived by her husband, Daniel J. Wheeler, daughter Rachel Kathleen Kyle Cressman of Memphis, son Daniel J. Samantha Wheeler III of Independence, brother Kenneth Sanders of St. Louis, and nephew Timothy Sanders of St. Louis. She was preceded in death by her parents. Kathy was a graduate of the Missouri School for the Blind. She earned a Bachelor of Arts from St. Louis University and a Master's Degree in Anglo-Irish Literature from the National University of Ireland in Dublin. She married Daniel Wheeler, April 8, 1972, at the Old Cathedral on the St. Louis Riverfront, She was one of the most married people, having been married by three priests in a cathedral. Kathy loved children and was certified in special education so she could teach children at the Kansas State School for the Visually Impaired. She also worked as a taxpayer service representative, helping people deal with the Internal Revenue Service. Kathy participated in many blind and other organizations. She was a youth leader in the Campfire program and also served on the Board of Directors for the Heartland Council of Parliamentarians, Allied Workers of the Blind, Missouri Council of the Blind, and American Council of the Blind. She helped the Salvation Army Seeing Help program by establishing a reading machine in independence, consisting of a flatbed scanner hooked to a talking computer that could be used by people who could not read their own written materials. Kathy also served as a Christmas bell ringer for the Salvation Army. She chaired the Citizens with Disabilities Advisory Board for the City of Independence and served as Treasurer and Vice President of the Allied Workers. Kathy was President of the Noland Road Lions Club and the Santa Fe Trail Unit of Parliamentarians and was Vice President of the Missouri State Association of Parliamentarians. She served as the parliamentarian for the American Council of the Blind's National Convention for four years and chaired its Constitution and Bylaws Committee for six years. Kathy also served as director, vice president, and, ultimately, president of the Missouri Council of the Blind. Leslie H. Gurch, June 4, 1949-November 28, 2019 Leslie H. Gersh passed away in her home on November 28, 2019, while in the care of her loving husband Darrow and her children. Leslie leaves behind her husband, their four children, and thirteen grandchildren. She was preceded in death by her parents, Walter Barry and Elora Hutchings, her in laws, Benjamin Carl and Taricia Bertram Gersh, and her daughter, Carrie Ann Gersh, two and a half years old. Leslie was born on June 4, 1949, in Salt Lake City, Utah. She was raised in Bountiful, Utah, as one of six children of Walter Berry and Elora Fenn Hutchings, with two sisters and three brothers. In the early years of Leslie's life, she was diagnosed with a degenerative disease that eventually left her with complete vision loss. Leslie graduated in the top of her class with the help of close friends and family members who would read her schoolwork and textbooks to her. While working toward her bachelor's degree in French with a minor in English, Leslie traveled to Belgium in order to perfect her language skills. She graduated summa cum laude from the University of Utah Honors Program with a Bachelor of Arts degree in French and a teaching certificate. She continued in the honors program to earn her Master of Arts degree, also summa cum laude, in secondary counseling. An enthusiastic equestrian, Leslie's passion for horses led to her union with Darrow, her beloved spouse of 44 years. Leslie and Darrow worked together and, with the help of family members, built their dream home. There they raised their five children, Catherine Elaine Schofield, James deceased. Samuel Benjamin Girtch, Christine, Carrie Ann Girtch, age two and a half, deceased, Alexander Darrow Girtch, Jessica, and Elora Theresia Girtch. Leslie could often be found at home tending to the many farm animals, gardening, preserving the garden produce, operating her braille transcription business, and working as the executive director of the Utah Council of the Blind. She loved to serve others and spent much of her time serving with her family, church, and community. She gave several decades of her life to organizations serving and advocating for people with disabilities. Among many others, these included the Utah Council of the Blind, the UCB Credit Union, the Legislative Coalition for People with Disabilities, the Division of Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired Advisory Council, the Institutional Council for the Utah State Schools for the Deaf and Blind, and the Utah Statewide Independent Living Council. Her major focus was always on independence for people with disabilities. She made those passions her life's work and was recently presented with the inaugural Leslie H. Gerch Award for Lifelong Leadership and Service, which was created in her honor. A memorial service to honor Leslie was held at the LDS Chapel in Woods Cross, Utah, in early December. The family wishes to thank the staff at Huntsman Cancer Institute, many diligent ward members, and CNS Hospice for their acts of kindness. They also appreciate the constant care and concern from Leslie's close friends. You know who you are. In lieu of flowers, the family requests that you consider donating to Leslie's philanthropic endeavors, especially the Utah Council of the Blind. Donations may be sent to UCB PO Box 1415, Bountiful, Utah 84011 1415. Phil Raystrick. Phil Raystrick founder of Envision America, passed away on November 20, 2019. Phil was a giant of a man and a visionary who was dedicated to providing those with vision impairment greater independence through technology. The company began in Phil's basement. Phil and his two visually impaired brothers loved playing poker. While one knew the Braille, the other did not. That spark fed the flame that would become Envision America. The ID Mate, a talking barcode scanner, was born in 1996. Phil worked closely on developing the program that would evolve to the barcode scanner that we know and love today. In addition to allowing his brothers to better play poker, now they could identify millions of items that can be found in grocery stores today. Not long after the barcode scanner, Phil worked on the problem of medication safety with the introduction of ScriptTalk, a talking prescription reader. This system has expanded into tens of thousands of pharmacies throughout the nation and Canada and has evolved to include large print labels, braille labels, dual language labels, and controlled substance safety labels. With all his heart, Phil loved this company and what we stand for, says David Raystrick, Envision America's vice president. We stood shoulder to shoulder with him to make a difference in the lives of others. It is because of him that we will carry on helping so many people around this world. A springtime Illinois memorial will be held Saturday, April 11, 2020, at Wilton Mortuary, 2101 North Knoxville Avenue, Peoria, Illinois, 61603. Visitation for the memorial will be 10 to 11 a.m. A graveside service at Springdale Cemetery will follow. Robert Bob Seliger. Reprinted from the ICUB Bulletin, Winter 2019. Robert Bob Seliger, 87, passed away October 30, 2019, at Fountain West Health Center in West Des Moines. Services will be held at a later date. Bob was born March 22, 1932, in Lamars, Iowa, to Carl and Marjorie Seliger. He received his degree in industrial arts from Westmar College in Lamars. Bob worked for many years designing sets for the Yonkers in Sioux City. Most recently, he was the custodian at Westminster Presbyterian Church. He was a member of the American Council of the Blind and the Iowa Council of the United Blind. Bob married his wife, LaDonna, in Hawaii on November 22, 1989. He loved to travel. Bob and LaDonna returned to Hawaii 57 times throughout the course of their marriage. Bob is survived by his loving wife, LaDonna, son, John Patterson, Rose Johnston, grandchildren Riley and Willow Patterson, a nephew, two nieces, and a host of extended family and dear friends. He was preceded in death by his parents and his brother, William Seliger. Memorial contributions may be directed to the Iowa Radio Reading Information Services for the Blind and Print Handicapped, IRIS, 100 East Euclid Avenue, Suite 117, Des Moines, Iowa, 50313 Here and There Edited by Cynthia Hawkins Welcome to our new Here and There editor, Cynthia Hawkins. Cynthia is divorced and lives in Tampa Bay, Florida with her teenage son and guide dog. She is an attorney and full-time law professor at Stetson University College of Law. Her legal specialties are legal ethics and family law generally, with a focus on adoption law and policy. She is the author of three legal textbooks and dozens of law review articles and encyclopedia entries. Cynthia has low vision. She is active in the Pinellas County Council of the Blind, PCB, as chair of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. She also serves as the Membership Secretary for the Guide Dog Users of Florida, GDUF, an Executive Board Member of the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys, Avia, and a Director on the Executive Board of the Guide Dog Users Incorporated, GDUI. In her spare time, Cynthia enjoys reading books on Bard, mostly mysteries and historical fiction. Cynthia was born and raised in Washington, D.C. She has traced her paternal lineage back to the 1600s. After a great deal of research, she discovered the original land grant received by her English ancestor for land in colonial Maryland. Cynthia's father held his portion of the family land until the 1970s. She is looking forward to editing the Here and There column. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB eForum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to slovering at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. BANA elects new officers at fall meeting. The Braille Authority of North America, BANA, held its fall meeting in Cincinnati, Ohio. The meeting was hosted by Clovernook Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired. During the meeting, the board reviewed reports from its general and technical committees and acted upon their recommendations. The Board continued its strategic implementation activities and reviewed the steps that have been completed, as well as established the 2020 budget and elected officers for 2020. The elected officers are Chair Tamara Rory, National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled Vice Chair Mary Nell McLennan, Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired Secretary Don Gross, Alternate Text Production Center of the California Community Colleges. Treasurer, Jessica Rivera, Associated Services for the Blind. Immediate Past Chair, Jennifer Dunham, National Federation of the Blind. The Board thanked Jennifer Dunham for her outstanding leadership and commitment to BANA throughout her five-year tenure as Chair. Danette Johnson, the recently appointed representative for Hadley, was welcomed as a new board member. Banna's next meeting will be held March 19-21, through 21, 2020, in Baltimore, Maryland. Want to learn more about Banna's work? Sign up for BANA-Announce, a one-way email list that disseminates news and information. To join this list, send a blank email message to... B-A-N-A dash A-N-N-O-U-N-C-E dash S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E at B-R-A-I-L-L-E-A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y dot org and follow the directions in the confirmation email that will be sent in response. You can also follow Banna on Facebook and Twitter. Visit Denver enhances its accessibility. Visit Denver has launched a newly enhanced website feature that caters to the needs of people with visual, auditory, and cognitive disabilities. Created by AudioEye, the technology works through a special badge and toolbar placed on the site that allows disabled users to customize the site based on their needs. Users who are colorblind may use the color options to change text colors for improved visibility, while those who have dyslexia can opt for a custom font designed to increase comprehension. Check it out for yourself at www.denver.org. Envision Dallas Lighthouse has new Executive Director. Envision recently announced that it has named David Stoupe as executive director of Envision Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind, which provides services for more than 150,000 people who are blind or visually impaired in 11 North Texas counties Collin, Cook, Dallas, Denton, Ellis, Fannin, Grayson, Hunt, Kaufman, Navarro, and Rockwall. Stupay joins the organization with a focus on expanding employment, programs, and services for people with vision loss in the Dallas area. Stupay has amassed a strong track record for growing and developing new revenue streams, increasing individual giving, launching new programs, and improving quality in all aspects of operations. Most recently, he served as president and CEO of HeartSpring, a Wichita-based provider of services to children with special needs and their families. What's new at NBP? Newly available is Touch and Feel Dinosaur, a print and braille board book in uncontracted braille for ages 4 to 8. Also new is Never Touch a Shark! by Rosie Greening and Stuart Lynch. It's available in uncontracted UEB for ages baby through preschool. The book features silicone textures for children to explore on every spread, allowing them to safely touch shark replicas. Mouse House by John Burningham is a whimsical story about home, hope, and the wisdom of children. It's now available in Contracted Braille, UEB, for ages four to eight. Now available is Ted Arnold's Shoe, Fly Guy. It's available in contracted UEB for preschoolers on up. In it, you'll discover what Fly Guy's favorite food is. Can't get enough of the daily quotations? Now there's Wednesday Morning Quotations, Volume 2, compiled by Kay Wilson. It's available in one spiral-bound Braille booklet and features quotes from Benjamin Disraeli, Deepak Chopra, Mahatma Gandhi, and many others. Over in the cooking section is One Pan Dinners, available in one hard copy Braille volume or as a BRF file. This edition has 120 super easy meals you can make in a single skillet, pot, or sheet pan. Try cauliflower cheddar soup, spiced pork chops with braised greens, and more. For more information, contact NBP, 88 St. Stephen Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02115-4302. Phone toll-free 1-800-548-7323 or visit tinyurl.com slash Y-D-X-L-C numeral 3 Be My Eyes Clear Blue Partnership Clear Blue is partnering with Be My Eyes, a free app to assist visually impaired people across the globe. Through this partnership, visually impaired women can now understand their Clear Blue pregnancy results in a safe, private manner. Behind this partnership is Sumaira Latif, P&G's company accessibility leader, who is a visually impaired woman. Her personal experience of being denied assistance to read her test inspired Clear Blue to help the nearly 4 million women in America, and more across the globe, who have vision impairments. High-Tech Swap Shop For Sale Braille Blazer in Excellent Condition with Carrying Case and Box of Paper Asking $500, Negotiable, Plus Shipping Unopened Box of Braylon Thermoform Paper 8 inches by 11 inches, 500 sheets, 3-hole punched Asking $50, Serious Inquiries Only PayPal Payments Accepted If Interested, Contact Jonathan Millam via Email M I L A M J at WFU.edu. Looking for. I'm looking for a Victor Reader stream. If you have one that has all accessories, contact Ronnie Palmer at 615 765 7375. Looking for. Leonard Suhanik is looking for a BrailleNote M Power notetaker with version 8.1 software, a BrailleLite 2000 with a 20-cell display, a BrailleLite 2040, and a disk drive for BrailleLite notetakers. If you have any of these items, contact him via email. L-E-O-N-A-R-D-S-U-C-H-A-N-E-K at G-M-A-I-L dot com. ACB Officers President Dan Spoon, First Term, 2021 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida 32817-1554 First Vice President Mark Reichert, First Term, 2021 1515 Jefferson Davis Highway, Apartment 622, Arlington, Virginia, 22202 3309. Second Vice President, Ray Campbell, First Term, 2021. 460 Rain Tree Court, No. 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Secretary, Denise Colley, First Term, 2021. 1401 Northwest Lane, Southeast, Lacey, Washington, 98503. Treasurer David Trot, Second Term, 2021. 1018 East Street, South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate Past President Kim Charlson, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, 1st Term, 2020. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, Partial Term, 2020. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, 2nd Term, 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, 1st Term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, second term, 2022. James Crott, Miami, Florida, first term, 2022. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, first term, 2020. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, second term, 2022. Michael Talley, Hueytown, Alabama, first term, 2022. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California first term, 2022. ACB Board of Publications Debbie Lewis Chair Clarkston, Washington second term, 2021. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida second term, 2020. Zelda Gebhardt Edgley, North Dakota partial term, 2020. Susan Glass Saratoga, California second term, 2021. Penny Reeder Montgomery Village, Maryland, 1st Term, 2020 Accessing Your ACB Braille and eForums The ACB e-forum may be accessed by email on the ACB website, via download from the webpage, in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 605-475-8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB Email Lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, Large Print, NLS style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone 605 475 8154 subscribe to the podcast versions from your second generation victor reader stream or from www.acb.org/bf/